0: Welcome to We Are Everyone in person style. Let's go. We have a very special guest today. We have Dr. Lonzo Sasso of LCS Strategies and Alliance. Welcome. How are you doing, Mr. Doctor?
1: I'm doing great, Jen. Thank you so much for having me here to uh, speak on your show and uh, share some enlightenment of some of the things that we got going on and how we could help uh, anyone that's looking for these types of opportunities
0: hundred percent. So I think what would be really good for us to start off with uh, telling the audience is, you know, how did you kind of what's your background experience? And, you know, we don't have to go into a whole, you know, Wikipedia page of it, but just kind of some, you know, just high level of how you got into this field of education and mental health, particularly, you know, among the adolescents.
1: Well, uniquely and historically, Jen, I I grew up on several college campuses, uh, PWIs and HBCUs, where I saw these experiences firsthand. And uh, coming from a background where uh both parents and grandparents worked on in higher education and and during that time frame, you know, they were the professors, they were the coaches, and they were the mental health therapists at that time. And all those types of opportunities were centrally located into one or two individuals. And now this uh, f- these fields have um, expanded for quite such a time since the existence of their work ethic when that was going on during the 70s and 80s, and now they're so that the, the fields just expanded, and I became a sponge in those opportunities and found my niche and the desire to help people get from point A to point B. As well as being um, helping people with education, as well as counseling, and being relatable to help uh, others achieve their goals and making good decisions. So,
0: yeah, that's. I mean, as we see, kind of every single generation evolve, right? We have four generations of workforce right now, which is huge. Um, and but then again, you know, we have the up and coming, all the Gen Zers, and you know, living in a world where we're in hybrid technology and. And uh, all these different factors coming at us all day, every day, you Mm -hmm. know, and I just think something that we've been talking a lot about at pivotal moments is mental fitness, right? And mental fitness is something that... We have terms like mental health, mental wellness, um, and those are all very important terms. But mental fitness is more being proactive about yes. your mental, um, your mental well-being. Ooh, right. that was a new one. I love mental well-being. Right. Um, so I was curious. You know, what do you think about the term when you hear mental fitness?
1: When I hear the term mental fitness, it's a hybrid of mindfulness and kinetic intentional focus. Of fitness that needs to take place when it comes to growth mindset, executive functioning, and other mindfulness theories and practices that needs to take place with that kinetic energy so you can be prepared, have the preparedness skills for the mental wellness to be a continuum. Mental fitness is the preparation. Mental wellness is the continuum of the of the wholeness of making a person get from point A to point B. Because when it comes to mental fitness, there's certain things that I do. I do a lot of walking. I do some yoga practices. I do some working out. I do some mindful reflections. I do, uh, and I teach people uh, as uh, clients about this and the, having the growth mindset so they can have that mental fitness preparation to start their day so they can experience the mental wellness from that precursor and so that's what comes to my mind when it comes to uh, mental fitness for preparation for mental wellness.
0: See you know that's actually something that's a really good answer because I've heard a lot of different answers and I'm not I think all of the answers have been very great but I haven't heard something like that before with regards to the preparation. Yes. Because Preparation, proactiveness, I mean, being able to kind of wake up. And every day is different. And in my mind, it's like some days you wake up and you're like, why am I in such a bad mood? Now, you can flip it, but sometimes maybe you do need to be in a bad mood. You can't be at 100 every day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is where I tell sometimes clients where we look at data. And there's green and there's red. Sometimes we have to be in the red to get to the green. But it's able to have that mental fitness in order to manage the red to get back to the green.
1: Exactly. And
0: all about the prep and these different tactics you're talking about. And so kind of my other, you know, follow-up question to this is how do you, you know, you personally have your term and you and you obviously, you know, uh, apply that to your everyday, but then how do you take that and apply it to, you know, your um your clientele, the students, you know, your everyday practice with your business?
1: So I put uh, some, a blend of executive functioning skills, uh, mental checklists uh, for each individual client or student-athletes that I'm working with, with the athletic uh, mental health counseling for professional athletes, for collegiate athletes, as well as high school athletes. I put them on an executive functioning growth mindset, and I put a checklist together for mindfulness strategies and mindfulness conversations that I engage with them, and other practices that can help them see visually. And I model those uh, tools so that, and put those goals together based on what the gaps are, where the challenges are, where the triggers are, and I put these things together as a script for them individually to go by this model and this platform that I give to you. And then we have follow-up sessions to see how the goals and tools took place. And they end. What happens is they go by the models and practices and goals and tools I give them. And they start to see the progressions based on some of the challenges that they have. And they have that inner outcomes from the goals that we set together, it's not just me, but when they have those challenges and we work those things out through our conversations and discussions, we end up putting executive skills, growth mindset, and mindfulness skills that help them to get from point A to point B for the desired outcomes that they want.
0: So first off, you know, I look at athleticism and sports as such a great Avenue to build mental strength and mental fitness at a younger age, right? I personally I was the manager of sports. I was, you know, never was a great coordinator, coordinated person growing up. However, when I spoke to Soroya Tinker, who was on a uh previous podcast, if we are everyone, and you know, she's in her young 20s. Um, she's a one of the first black professional women 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 uh I think she's a defense woman for hockey right and I'm like Soroya how did you uh, you you sound so poised you sound so mentally fit and I think through sports and whether you are athletic or not I think the concept behind coaching team You know, that mental strength you have to have as a team player at, you know, that could start at any age is really important as an overall message for all adolescents to have. So I'm curious, you know, do you work specifically with athletes? Do you work with uh, outside of um, athletes with your work? I work
1: with athletes. I work with uh, uh, students K through 12. I also work with college students uh, for their preparation for surviving their first year in college, making that transition, because Mm -hmm. there's a mental uh, uh, preparation gap from K-12 into college, and being aware, being relatable, and understanding where the landmines are when you engage with professors, you engage with uh, older upperclassmen on campus, uh, you engage with your peers on campus as well, and there's survival techniques of Uh, the whole scheduling process, uh, the whole student life process as well because there are so many things that happen when you make that transition and it's about social, academic, and holistic fit that those individuals have to... uh, 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 carry out throughout their whole time and existence at the school. And what I always talk about is the three A's. Adaptability, adoptability, and acceptance. Those are the three A's and the tools that I talk about with some of these clients all the time. How to adopt. Uh, how to adopt friends, new teammates, new peers. Ad- uh, adopt alliances, at the school so it can make the school experience easier. How to adapt to the cultural norm that exists and how you can be relatable within that cultural norm that exists at that school with the social, and academic, and holistic fit. And how to accept when things don't go your way and things that can go your way, that whole acceptance and being relatable through all of those challenges, so I always talk about those three A's all the time.
0: It's so important because I remember when I was a freshman, and I'm a homebody. You know, I grew up in the D.M.V., went to Maryland, and I think the uh, the adopt the adopting adaptability and acceptance. Those are like really the three things that when you come from high school, which is comfortable, you know, for the most part. Sometimes it's not. Nothing's really comfortable being an adolescent, yeah. to be honest, but then transitioning. I mean there's a lot of jump like there's a lot of transition marks between elementary school to middle school to high school then to college mm-hmm. for an adolescent to deal with. And and you don't really necessarily have, you know, perspective, which mm-hmm. frankly, perspective is something I learned in my mid-20s. You, mm-hmm. you know, I did go and I just think that's something that's like having that perspective and having that mental fitness, like particularly you Know then this way you can block out that noise when mm-hmm. you are in college and, and really sp- be true to yourself as you evolve into you know as you continue to evolve. I mean, there's six year olds, seven year olds, eight year olds, doesn't matter what you're never to your height of anything yet, right? But right. being able to be in a good mental space to get there
1: exactly because those three A's are so essential mm-hmm. to get to the two A's that I haven't mentioned yet. Oh, well, association let's association and assimilation that is important, those three A's are important for the preparation to the two A's association and assimilate. Because once you adapt, adopt, and accept, you can associate better and you can assimilate into the cultural norm and that the, exists.
0: And then be able to kind of then continue on as you're put in different environments, stay to your primary three A's. And learn you know, learn and grow, right, and build on that foundation, but then you're able to assimilate and associate when you p- are put into different environments exactly, as well.
1: Exactly, exactly, exactly. Because you're going to run into uh, the three C's all the time, choices, chances, and consequences. And some of them can be positive, some of them can be negative. And so having those tools to use and be aware, awareness, and relatability, being aware and being relatable for those things, then you will have a positive three C's, choices, chances, and consequences, or because of the, the three A's that has prepared you for the two A's. So,
0: and they will just all keep on building like it the alphabet. building bet.
1: up. And when they build up, it builds into the three E's, energy, effort, and enthusiasm, which will buy you excellence. So those are the things that I tend to set as a tool building mark, or benchmarks for the clients that I work with, whether you are a K through K-12 student or you're an actual student athlete that's a high school, a college, or professional athlete, or those who um, have, uh, you know, venturing into corporate support and semi-corporate coaching for those who are struggling working as a team in uh, public and private sector as well as government as well.
0: Mm -hmm. See, what I think is really interesting is that at this moment in time, I mean, if we look at all these things that could be prevented in older life, it has to do with all child rearing and Mm -hmm. like coming up as, you know, being able to have those tools for success. and. I remember, you know, I struggled with learning disabilities when I was, um, or right, struggled. Yeah, I did struggle with them. Now I thrive on them because I use them a different way, right? But even with my mom, who was so, you know, meticulous and neurotic, she still didn't set me up for success in some ways because it wasn't available back then. Like, I was in dyslexia camp for a month, and, I have, and I'm just now admitting that I have minor dyslexia, but it's not to the extent. The extent of being in camp for a month, like what other things, what other resources could have been available at the time to help set up? Like, I think mental fitness, mental strength, uh, mental wellness are all things that should be at the core of child rearing. And of course, you want to keep your child alive. That's number one, right? On top of that, though, it's how can you, how can this child take care of themselves when they do enter into you know this adulthood? And I think these. Points that you're making are so key that you think about the tutors that you have. You think about all these different aspects that you give to your child. I think there should be, you know, to your to exactly what you do available to everyone. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And one of the things with these new social and emotional learning um, uh, programmatic uh, uh, modules that's being put out now, and uh, do best practices, do research there is now a new adoption of teaching kids resilience at an early age. And I think that is a very important tool for everyone, particularly with the mental fitness portion that we talked about, that resilience uh, could help uh, be a great antidote of overcoming some of the mental challenges and triggers that we face every day whether we get to the core of it or not Mm so resilience employing resilience and resilient strategies is very important for people to navigate their best self
0: resilience is something we talk about a lot too at pivotal moments that is one of our big words because i think all of us you know no matter what the age even if you have a five-year-old right now with a mask on going to school and um, it was funny cause I was looking at Melissa Hart. She put this, uh, Instagram video up and she has, her youngest would come over today. She's like, mom, I wore my mask all day. And she was so proud of himself. And it's like, just things like this resiliency in a five-year-old who, you know, he didn't know, you wouldn't have to know that you have to put something like that on all day. It's just different. But having the, that, that resilience of that's, that's the human condition. Right. And I would like to kind of touch on, you know, moving on to another topic in our interview is, um, inequity. Right, because I think a lot of people and I was in an Uber last night uh, going to an, a closing art exhibit, and we were talking about mental health, and it's not it's not fair in my mind that people don't have that we look at mental fitness or health as more of like a privilege, and I think that's BS because all of us the reason why we're called we are everyone my show and our show at pivotal moments is because we are everyone. Everyone has emotions. Everyone comes from different walks of life. But the access to these resources are not as uh, accessible as they should be. And so I'm curious, you know, within your work, you know, what type of different organizations have you worked with? Or um, what have you seen as access and, um, you know, resources for not just a certain type of group, but, you know, for quite frankly, everyone?
1: Well, I have been intentional an intentional practitioner to make uh, myself available for all. So, uh, whether you are Case Twelve School District, whether you are a mental health firm, there's some mental health firms I'm starting to work with at this point. Um, whether you are a professional um, uh, athletic association, like NBA players. NFL players, uh, Major League Baseball, uh, all of those types of organizations and expand into those and make myself available to all those walks of life. But however, when you talk about the inequities that exist prior to, yes, you can see that from a data perspective. You can see that from a cultural perspective too. But let's go culturally deeper when it comes to the inequities. A lot of times some cultures – had a different belief system uh, of not seeking mental health support uh, and found alternative ways to help individuals get from point A to point B. And a lot of times those triggers, those issues, and those problems will be buried within. And so with that burial of issues, and challenges, a lot of the inequities uh, continue to flourish because a lot, some cultures didn't seek the mental health support. And now, in this day and age with a lot of the stuff that's happening environmentally and socially right now, now it's on the forefront of things because now it's such a high issue that the inequities can't be avoided. And so you have to create opportunities for all to have those same mental health supports and emotional supports in place. And so uh, I'm going to be working with another organization called uh, Life Enhancement Services that's here in the district that's a very progressive mental health firm that has its existence here for, I think, about the past 10 years, and it's expanding. And so they provide some of those opportunities for the uh, communities that may be deemed equitable to get those services. So that's another outlet of an organization that's progressive and intentional because, remember, these days, you have to be an intentional practitioner and a reflective practitioner to help people get from point A to point B.
0: It's so true. I think that's a very, you know, I think it's also about the stepping stones, right? Because there's a lot of other things that we, there's, there's a lot of things we need to address, but I think it's a matter of, you know, as I look at the pandemic of, you know, peeling back the curtain of really what's going on within our society, right? We're a global economy. We're all connected, you know, look what's going on. And, and we have a lot of empathy and we have compassion but i think it's the balance of using that compassion because you can sit in empathy for a really long time you can sit in these feelings having compassion is where you take action mm-hmm. and i was talking to uh, one of my you know, psychotherapists about this and i think it's a interesting concept so i'm curious you know you know what as we kind of like look at and kind of wrap up some of the conversation points here is you know what do you think the future of um this industry is around education and mental fitness, and you know what are your kind of plans in con- in continuing to um, work with the future of our workforce and the future of our society.
1: I plan to be con- a continuum of being an intentional and reflective practitioner to help people get from point A to point B and make sound decisions and help them from a deeper perspective to get to the core of their triggers that have been challenging them and put tools and goals for them that are winnable outcomes for them to try and to have trust and the trust in the process to help them make good decisions for desired outcomes. And some of uh, the clients that i worked with in the past most recent years Uh, In the past three years, I have been, I get, I enjoy the response of the impact that I have helped someone get their desired outcome, their desired choice, or their win, long term or short term, from issues that they've had challenge with. And when they come back and tell me, you know, Dr. Sasso, thank you so much. This is the outcome of what we talked about. Your impact and your support helping me navigate through that situation was so great. That's, to me, most of the time, that's more than money. And I appreciate the response when I've helped someone get to their goal.
0: That's beautiful. I love that because it is. That's like what I, I mean. I always say if I could just have conversations like this all day, every day with <laughs> impactful people like yourself, Doctor Sasso, uh, Doctor Alonzo Sasso, <laughs> it would be you know my dream. So, what, quick one last question for you before we wrap up today: How do you practice mental fitness?
1: Oh, I uh, the same things. Uh, I come up with what I call the two R's: Ooh, yes. rituals and routines. Rituals, I teach this to a lot of my clients, rituals and routines. What worked for you in the past, what's working for you now, and let's put it in a growth mindset and an executive functioning mindset to help you with the tools and me give the counseling tools with that so you'll be on your way. So I practice rituals and routines. And inclusive of that, one of the things that I do personally, now that my surgery is over, I'm going back to that. My ritual routine is walking from Capitol Hill to your house and back. And that's a five-hour and 45-minute walk, and it's about 23 miles. So that's one of the things I do. And then sometimes when I'm walking from Capitol Hill to Georgetown, a lot of people call me and ask me for – they catch me off guard, but they call me and they ask me for support and help. And and it's like, oh, doc, you – you're so on point with what you're saying because, you know, when you do walking and you do fitness skills, it opens up your mind. And so you're more inclined to be so on point and getting those endorphins together. So that goes with the mental fitness that we talked about.
0: I love that. I mean, as you can see, uh, particularly I do this on purpose. I think in the shot, you can see my Peloton back here, (laughs) but that's where my meditation is every day. I mean, I'll take off my once a week, but I mean, that 20, 30, 45 minutes on the Mm -hmm. bike just clears my mind. And that's when magic happens. And you just need that outlet. So thank you so much for sharing. And I mean, I love I think for me, at least now I'll remember are the A's, E's, R's, uh, C's. You know, that's how <laughs> I like phonetically. So I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Do you have anything else to, you know, leave with the audience before we wrap oh, up?
1: It, just trying to help uh, anyone that's seeking this type of support. You can check us out at uh, lcsstrategies.com or you can contact me personally at lonzo.c.sasso at gmail.com or info at com.
0: Awesome. And we will put all of that in the description and uh, transcript notes on the show. Well, I just want to thank you so much today. It's a pleasure. And yes, bring back those handshake. Let's go. And uh, we will catch you next time at We Are Everyone. I'm your host, Jen Sherman. And we have Dr. Lonzo Sasso of LCS Strategies and Alliance joining us today. We'll catch you next time.